Good. Welcome to. Okay. <laughs> Shit. All right. We gonna outtake that or what? Now? All right. Yo, welcome to the Steel Reel, the in-house draft house podcast. I'm your host, Petey Steel, and sitting to the right of me, I got three of my favorite comics on the scene, guys. I go back with, and we're just gonna talk some shit, see what the fuck comes out. So, uh, introduce yourselves one by one. Uh, Ross Benoit. Benoit. Uh, Mike Oh Mike B. Brown. Oh Mike B. Uh, John Yeager. John Yeager. Esquire. <laughs> Esquire. Is that true? No. No? No, I have a subscription, not the title. Okay. <laughs> what? Okay. You got an online certificate for lawyering? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's well. From Yelp reviews. Yeah, you keep putting us in precarious situations. I don't <laughs> doubt that you're a lawyer. You fucking start these shows like two ends of the earth. Yeah. Um, I'm falling off a cliff every time I'm doing five minutes for you. Um, so, so is the audience. So is the audience. <laughs> yeah, no, they've been lost, man. Those dudes are fucking dystopian America. But, but I love it because you put a lot of money in a lot of people's pockets. Um, and you seem to just have had like three or four new showcases added to the arsenal in the recent months. You want to tell us about those for a little bit? Yeah, I've yeah, uh, got... Uh, Two different production companies to work with. J and J Productions with John Coulter, my buddy out there. We do uh, Blue Iguanas on Sunday, Hideout on Tuesdays. Lost Round Brewing Company select Thursdays. Uh, Breakers is in the mix now. Uh, and then I've got uh, half half hyphen fast productions with Sumedo Hujabari. We do uh, Fridays and Saturdays at French Quarter Brasserie Shaw mm-hmm. in DC, and then in Fairfax. So. And yeah. I'm going to be on two of them this coming week, both the uh, FBQ Shaw on Saturday. And the hideout on Tuesday with Shevin Pichard. Should be a fun Those show. Should be man. great fucking shows. Eight o'clock both nights, right? Yeah, yeah, always do. Yeah. So, hey, you know, even though I drive out to Springfield to do them, my pockets stay fat, not flat. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, everything is just lovely, and it's important as a young comic, I think, to have people like Jaeger to do these rooms all over the fucking world. So that you get the experience and you decide if you really love it. If you can come back on that ride knowing, hey, I had a great set, maybe I got a little bit of money, did my 10 or 20 minutes or whatever, then you know that you have the endurance to do these fucking, mm-hmm. you know, jaunts out yeah. in the middle of nowhere. It's true, man. You guys find you guys find that like when you travel, it's a good test with your material? Yeah, because it's completely different. It's, it, I, I I definitely feel like it works basically because um, uh, like t- last night I did the draft house uh, my first time since being injured and I had the middle aged to marry crowd on lock oh yeah but everybody else who don't pull out in the audience <laughs> <laughs> you know they were like uh, I don't go grocery shopping that's what my parents for I'm in college like, what'd you say like those who spray you can't stay yeah yeah like <laughs> like if you if you middle aged and you just happen to be out the house I had you on lock they were laughing everybody else is like I don't get it and I'm like that's fine that's cool this. Don't let somebody pull out. You'll get it soon. That's all. But, okay. yeah. Where so, have you traveled to, Mike? Ah, shoot. I know man. you did Liberty Laughs a few times. Yeah, Liberty Laughs. The furthest I've been is back to my hometown in Norfolk, okay. which was my very first showcase I put together. I was living up here, and I did a show. I put a showcase together at Newport News. Okay. And it was me, Greg Stevens, Tommy Teller, mm-hmm. and um, local comedian who's big down there in my hometown, Angus Black. Angus oh, yeah. Black, yeah. I heard yeah. of him, right? Yeah, he was yeah. on First Amendment stand-up yeah. and stuff like that. And... Um, so that's the furthest I've been. Up here, the furthest I've been has been like Cellar Door in Frederick, mm-hmm. which um, hmm. if I wasn't booked, Love that room. Uh, I have family there, and I still wouldn't go. 
<laughs> like, really? like, yeah, like, I, like, cellar door makes me go to Frederick and see my cousin because I just don't feel comfortable in Frederick. Oh, oh you're just saying Frederick? Okay, I yeah. see what you're saying. Yeah, like, I go yeah, to cellar door is fucking great. Yeah, and I'm yeah. headlining there uh, November the fifth. <laughs> oh, so. Are you really? Yeah, forty-five minutes. Baby. You're gonna do forty-five? Fuck yes. First time doing forty-five. First time doing forty-five. God, I hope Trump kills us by then. I mean, no, good luck. Ah. Good luck. Great. Because you know, it's I such mean, a fun room, man. it's yeah, one of those fun. things where. You have to set a goal at some point for yourself to test your metal, and I thought, hell, we're four months out, or three now, and to just get that weight up, mm-hmm. your first headline thing should be in like a bar grill. They're oh, yeah, a very receptive sure. audience, but they're not like so receptive where everything's gonna land or whatever. Yeah, it's true. So yeah. I want to do it, get it on tape, you know, and then edit and sell some shit and then I'll feel like too like I really got something under my belt and I could take this shit anywhere Um, even though like you say you know you gotta tailor it to a degree when you're facing new crowds there's new demographics sometimes you got the pull out crowds (laughs) (laughs) that's the best term I've ever heard to describe a young person yeah, they don't pull out, man. They shooting the club up. That's what I find out. That's how I'm, I'm, like, like I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm old, man. I, got, I hang around uh, like my friend Brandon Moore. I do broken mic comedy with yeah. like, shenanigans, and like the terms that he used, I was like, that don't even sound like appealing. Like, you know, like like we was like, yeah, I don't pull out. You know, so I go raw in a yeah. chick, right? But like now the kids are saying I shoot the club up, which it's like the same thing, but it just sounds like. Manslaughter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, did you go raw on her? Yeah, that was like 90s, early 2000s. But yeah. like, I, I'm I went raw on that Pulse nightclub <laughs> on 55. You have to say that with like confidence though. Yeah. Like yeah. I couldn't yeah. be like, well, I shot the club up. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, man, that, that's crazy. But like, what, did you kill people? What? Which is cool because um, like rooms like Ye- uh, Jaeger's and Celador, they give you the opportunity if you never... Um, like did longer sets, mm-hmm. they give you the opportunity to do longer sets. For me, uh, I didn't find those opportunities mm-hmm. uh, early on, so I had to put like my money up. I have a Dame Dash Rockefeller like kind of mentality. <laughs> it was right. like so for me, it was like no one is going to. I don't believe a lot of the comics or bookers thought I could do a feature set or a closing set, so I had to put my money up and mm-hmm. do it myself. So that's yeah. what, that's the reason why I did Life of Times Oh Might Be the DVD I did, why I went and I rented out the DC Art Center. And I literally did, um, had like three comments, but it was all women because I didn't want nobody to have the same material I had. Mm-hmm. So I had Greg Stevens open for me, but I had like three oh. women. So it was three different women. Totally. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's if you're smart. like a well-known misogynist, that's totally the way to like stand in contrast to yeah. any other material that's out there by getting three of these hoes to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I don't stand by that. <laughs> but now We're all individuals here. I got to host Astrogenius more, man. I got to host that all the time. Right. So, um, yeah. so I had Greg, you know, so I told Greg, I never forget that night. I was like, Greg, um, let me light me at 30. Cause I didn't, I, for four months I was like working on my material, you know, I had a playbook like, okay, this is what I want to do. I said, light me at 30. Cause I, at the time I only had like 15 in my head. Mm-hmm. I like, if I get the 15, I'm good. But if I get the 30, let me know. And he never gave me the light mm. at the DVD taper. So when I was done and I'm <laughs> backstage and you know, I'm like, whew, it's over with. And uh, my boy, Rue, he came up to me. He was like, how much time do you think you did? I was like, well, Greg, give me the light. I felt like I was done, so probably about 35. And he was like, you did an hour and 15 minutes. And my, really? I, like, I was like, shit, what? <laughs> like that. Uh, so then I did the DVD. I looked at the DVD. I was like, fuck, that was an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah, so, wow. I, you know, so it's like you never know what you have until you put it together, compile it, yeah. and someone gives you the opportunity to actually yeah. 
like deliver it. Like you probably got two hours, PD, and you know you won't find out till you do the cellar door. They give you the light. Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> the first year, cellar door is gonna be a goddamn breeze. Yeah. Um. So that DVD, I didn't even know you had this. And have you made a bunch of copies or sold it? Oh yeah. That's the um my first three months after I released it, I um I, I ordered two hundred copies. Oh, um, shit. They sold out, and I wanted to do it old school Master Pino Limit style. Mm -hmm. So I was selling them literally out my out trunk. trunk. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't want to do the iTunes thing. I just wanted to see if I had like a fan base. So the first few, I, the first two hundred, I sold like within four months. So I had to order another batch, which is still currently in the closet because those didn't sell as fast. Yeah, as that. <laughs> yeah that's no, one I of those things you know, <laughs> where you overestimate things sometimes. Like I remember. Um, when me and Pete Bergen and fucking Conroy did a show for Sober Comics or whatever at the BC Improv Lounge, and we were like, oh yeah, the first one sold out like that, let's get a fucking second show, so then they tacked it on, and like five tickets sold, yeah. and I had to like call my old basketball coach like a couple <laughs> hours later and be like, sorry dude, but you're going to get your money back, that's all I can tell you, you know, sorry, yeah. but we had to cancel that shit, we got a little bit too thirsty, um, yeah. but... That's great you, you know, did that and you got an inventory of it. You know, I've been reading a lot of shit lately about kind of how to do business and comedy and other things. And there is this interesting philosophy of like the rule of a thousand fans. So if you can get a thousand fucking fans that'll pay like a hundred dollars each for you every single year, whether it's merch, whether it's uh your disc, whether it's, you know, yeah. Petey Steele, Follower Swallow T shirts or whatever. Yeah. Like you can fucking make a living. That's a hundred thousand a year. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and it seems like holy shit, that's a lot, but it is. It's more than I think some people think it is, but it still can be done. If you think of everybody's Facebook thing, like I'm sure each of us are in the thousands of friends now, some we don't know, but if you could get like hundred dollars out of each of them every year or something like that, find a way to eat that. Even if you just got ten yeah. out of each of them. Be, it'd be great supplemental income. Yeah, to your um, to your point, um, you know the hashtag promote might be. I was just, you know, it was just some shit I just threw together, whatever. Yeah. So some, some I was like, I bet you won't put it on the shirt. So I put it on the shirt, and I started selling them, and I sold sixty shirts at like twenty dollars a pop. Yeah. And so it's it's like it's something that you won't think would sell, but as soon as you put it on the shirt or you say, hey, I got these shirts, you you realize how many of your supporters you really have once you put it out there. And I think a lot of comics they just see. Let's be funny and get on stage to be funny, but you got to also understand that you're now a business mm -hmm. and you are like whatever you do on stage and off stage, everything social media wise, you, you are a business and you're an entrepreneur. So if you dream it and you think it could work, just do it. If it flops, hey, if, if my shirts flop, then I have a lot of t-shirts I could wear <laughs> <laughs> throughout the week. So, you know, like if people start podcasts, stuff like that, like it's all, you know, it's all just another way, another avenue to reach out to your, what to if your you, people. What if you rap? The DVD and the T-shirt. Oh, like every two shirt. For one. Oh, every shirt that I sold, I gave them a free copy of the DVD. Right, okay. <laughs> I'm just worried about your closet space, man. Oh no, no, you got that's it. why I got a wife. She was. I don't have a closet space. I just have, <laughs> I have boxes full of stuff that I have on the floor. Right. <laughs> so Benoit, what about you? Have you oh, uh, been able to fucking funnel some of your stuff into uh, monetary fields, so uh, to speak? Uh, like monetizing my product? Yeah, like your smiley frown. Yeah. Final I mean, Kitty City. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. Turn that frown upside down. Keep going, keep going. Uh, I mean, I, not, not really yet. 
I mean, I, I also am not at a point. I'm still young into comedy, I think, and I'm still young into learning how this all works. So I'm not in any rush to sell a product before it's ready. Okay. For me, at least. I mean, I still have a lot to learn. I mean, it's all an experimental process. Start, you know, doing a podcast, still learning how to do comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, down the road, I think it will be. I mean, hopefully, you like to think it would be nice to make like a little money. Of course. Yeah. Off it, like you know, even like a hundred bucks an episode. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that would just be like enough to. You got a sponsor for Smiley Brown? Possibly. 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 Okay. In the works. In the works. If I can lie and cheat my way enough into making them believe I have yeah. a reasonable product. Then. Forge your rape card, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, hell, I never really got to monetize the old steel board, and then that thing is no more, nor is the cookie gas network, because oh people God. didn't want to fucking yeah. do their edge. So mm. here we are, and putting my time into this, and having this venue, I mean, it's fantastic. Oh, it's yeah. a, a blessing. Um but yeah, you know, I definitely want to get some sponsors on board and I can start paying to have some fucking quality guests for a change. You know, <laughs> like, it's been a fascinating dynamic for me in terms of comedy sponsorships. So I know uh, Martin Amini had the big headphones giveaway mm-hmm. yeah. that he does for the Overachievers show, which is great. That's a great contact to have. Uh, but I think the whole idea of virtual sponsorship, like in terms of podcasts and then physical sponsorship, like if you have clubs, if you're throwing shows, it's fascinating. It's kind of like the way in. And then trying to work that together with social media, turning that into more fans and turning that into the people that are going to spend a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I gave away condoms at one show. That was uh, in my budget. Yeah, yeah shoot that club. Right the, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. We were for the, sil- the silencer for promote, <laughs> to promote club shooting. Yeah, exactly. Magnums. Uh, no, it was a room. In, uh, it was a room in Fairfax. So. No, no, no. The Baltimore <laughs> show. Yes, Baltimore show. Yes, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, that makes sense. They got the big ones out there, the bay boys. I contact so many crabs. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the way, you know, the bigger crab gets the most mercury. Um, Wait, ah, I see what you did there. Yeah. I see what you did there. That was a stupid analogy. Um, I wish I could retract that, but it is. You could have led with something different. policy to not yeah. edit any of my podcasts. I want insensitive and horrible things to be said. Um, that said, when it comes to condoms, where'd you get them? Did you buy them at CVS or did you go raid like the Whitman Walker? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> free condoms. Like Jewish. Free Come on, man. Like, <laughs> I'm not gonna, you know, like, uh, that's the other thing is, uh, you know, trying to figure out the, the easiest, most uh, financially viable way to promote. Mm-hmm. I think that's with, with everybody. I think it goes from producing shows and then building your own brand. Mm, yeah. So, like, obviously, you're not going to buy Versace shells of shirts and have them screen printed. Yeah. You're going to try to find a better deal for yourself. Yeah. And I think that's sort of the dynamic that people are in because you've got, you've got three different budgets. You've got the, your grade one clubs, right? Uh, and then you've got your one A's, and then you've got you've got your bar shows. Yeah. And your bar shows are still strat- uh, you know, stratified. Like you have your open mics that don't have a budget, but you want to make this a big show. You want to make this financially viable. And it's how much people are willing to put into it, either time-wise, energy-wise, or, or financially. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you so know, it's very what, interesting. I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh, no, go ahead. I think it's very interesting to see how the effort people put into different shows. Because, I mean, as comics, we go to so many oh different, God, yeah. you know, we go all over the place to see shows. The minute you walk in, you can tell, like, oh, they, the, the person gives a fuck about the show or they don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I've been to shows that are, I've been blown away by. It's like, you know, I think it was just going to be a garbage open mic. You go in there, it's just like, holy shit, this is, you know, a real yeah. show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the flip side of the coin. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a few, there's my Fisher, uh, Fisher Price, my, my first PA. 
Uh, no one knows how to operate it. It's a wireless mic uh, with with that has like everybody's cell phone is on right next to it. No yeah, one can hear yeah. anything. It's it's fascinating. Um, and it's like I think it's also you know we're you know like we're the the level of, of veteranship that you have in the game. You sort of recognize the people that are doing the good work. I mean, we have a lot of really good promoters in DC yeah. and Virginia. We're we're really spoiled. Like if you really think about it. No, it's, yeah. and even in New York, New York there there's some garbage open mics. There's some garbage showcases, and then okay. they're really really good ones. Uh, and that's sort of where it, where it goes. Uh, I've got a bunch of comics. I know you guys uh, have met or talked to, like Chris Allen, yep. um, of course, like yeah. Dylan Bellana, uh, Winston Hodges, like that. The whole crew, Anthony Thompson, that whole crew. We'll probably leave Charles Ellis out for right now. Uh, uh, that whole no. crew. <laughs> that, he left himself out, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah he's, 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 no, I believe the police let yeah, him out. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's booked for a long time. So, yes, so he is. Good. But like, couldn't be with the Boy yeah. Scouts that yeah. day, so they said Trump. <laughs> But they're uh, talking to them. I mean, they're like that, there's a vibrant scene there, but it's the same issue. Is you have folks that are willing to put the work in, folks are willing to go the extra step, and then there's absolute hot garbage. And the trick is, the people that go to see the hot garbage, they give up on anything that's good if that's where they go first. You know, yeah. they're not going to give it a break. So anyway, I think it's also too trying to, you know, be around people who care. You know what I mean? Like yeah, setting a standard for yourself. Absolutely. You want to be around good comics. You want to be people who are going to push you to do better. And you want people who are going to set a good example for yourself. Mm. You know, you want to be around people who are going to give a shit about this. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you, you guys know. You go to some shows and you're just like, you just see people treating it like it's a party. Sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Just like getting fucked up before they go. Like it's. I truly believe that for most comics, that's the way it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, if not something they visualize themselves doing for anything more than like a coffee table story 25 years down the road yeah kids yeah. or grandkids or i mean whatever. some people I need friends yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean most of my friends doing comedy like, that's why i haven't cared as much about my material like pissing people off or whatever because i'm sort of like i got friends you know what i mean like, yeah this is business. This is a show. And you're always, that's the other thing, too, in terms of censorship. Uh, like, you're always going to offend somebody whether you don't realize it or not, or you intend it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, of course. Got, okay, so the guy from, uh, the guy from uh, Incubus died, okay. right? Yeah. Lincoln this, Park. Uh, Lincoln Park, thank you, yeah. thank you. Yeah, same, oh, same, like, same wow. different, like, second-rate white rock yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm old, so I'm like, you two and Chili Peppers are the best. Yeah, right. uh, but uh, I wrote on Facebook, I wrote on Facebook, uh, it was when OJ got paroled, and I said, I can't believe OJ killed the guy from Lincoln Park. That was great. Yeah, that and was I had, good. straight up, I had six people who either messaged me or wrote on Facebook, be like, this joke is in terrible taste. And I'm like, this is beyond satire. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. like, and I was like, okay, you know. But it's just, Were they it's, people you knew, or was it Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, there was actually Were one. they comics? Uh, no, of course not. Okay, of course no. not. If any yeah, comic yeah, was yeah. like, cool, uh, yeah. we're defriended and I'm going to blast you for this. You yeah. know, like, this is ridiculous. Because it's not something that's patently offensive. The, the whole idea, the notion was like, you know, like, suicide isn't funny. And I was like, well, you obviously don't know how to read because this is homicide. Yeah. Which is always, <laughs> yeah. always funnier than suicide. Yeah. And maybe I'm desensitized because I'm from Baltimore because homicide's like Tuesday. You know, like, that's easy. <laughs> that's like, you know, that's like your, your Sunday constitutional. <laughs> But it's, I've, I've, I've started to sort of realize that because I used to work, I mean, you guys know that I, I work predominantly clean. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. have worked clean sets just because, you know, I've always been afraid of like upsetting people and it's also, I've had more opportunities with that. Uh, but even then, I did a clean set and someone was, was upset that I told a joke that she was like, oh, that joke, that joke is kind of insensitive. And I was yeah. like, no. Sorry. Yeah, yeah you can't yeah. give a fuck. You're getting yeah. corporate gigs now, right? And yeah, doing clean yeah. shit. Like, yeah. I mean, you do 
all the puns and everything like that. Yeah, I'm, trying, I'm trying to get out of being trying typecast, trying to break man. out of being typecast. Yeah, I just need to win the competition once, and I can just give it up once and for all, you know? Have you had any corporate gigs gone, like, bad? Not corporate gigs. I had one private event go, go badly. Uh, I won't name the comic, uh, but he's an older comic, African-American, with, with white dreadlocks. <laughs> and, okay. Uh, and, yeah. And so uh, what happened? Uh, he's a chip off the old block. I don't know if I got you know. God, I got a Jones. Ah, I got it. I got a Jones to tell <laughs> you guys about this. But <laughs> it's right, well, like, you guys are good. You guys like, are good. Like. Uh, we did a show. This is this is hand to God. Uh, it was right outside Liberty University, and it was a woman. This is true. The mother who uh, was retiring and her daughter who had just graduated uh, with theology. And she said, "Clean show." Uh, I said, "Okay, uh, perfect." Pulled this other gentleman with me. It's way out in Liberty, right? I'm like, you know, what's the cleanest material I have I can talk about? You know, I can talk about dogs. That's easy. That's, you know, simple, fun stuff. I can make fun of the supermarket. Like, basically easy things that I'm, no one's going to get upset about. And I do my set, and it's, it's lukewarm at best. So one of my better gigs. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and this other person comes on and tells a joke <laughs> yeah. about, tells a joke about uh, reparations cards. Ah. Uh, uh, <laughs> Hallmark cards for reparations. Uh, and this is, this is an African-American group. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like the Liberty University the Liberty University Yep Oh yeah wow. And uh, so I'm Okay this is You know I'm like this is fine And uh, the woman Who's uh, the, the older woman's party Was pulled us aside And stiffed us Didn't want to pay us Because she was like That was offensive I can't believe I will never accept Anybody saying anything like that And I'm like well, uh, too late. You just did. You were you okay with the first half of the show? Because I gotta look out for your boy here. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. So, uh, did yeah. she end up paying? No, no. Uh, I have to take her to small claims court. No way. Contractually signed. Yeah. And I said, no way did we breach any of the contract. No foul language was used. So she ended up thing. paying. Not yet. I mean, we don't have to go to court. Yeah. Yeah. But it's. I mean, I don't mean to drop numbers on you, but I mean, it's over uh, seventy-five dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to get that money. Yeah. It's actually. Uh, Are there lawyers that work that cheap? <laughs> hence, money? hence, that's why, like, like his uh, rate card. I'm an Esquire, like we uh, talked about before. Yeah, you know, Lionel so it's good. Yeah. Lots. <laughs> Do we cheat him in half? I mean, yeah. that's so crazy to me, man. I mean, I, like, I've had bad private gigs, but it was. Right. I got paid. It right. was usually like somebody fucked up what the gig was supposed to be. Right. So I literally right. get a Shackleford gig, yeah. a referral where <laughs> this couple young was getting married and they wanted me to play a bathroom attendant at this fucking bathroom in the press club, right? And <laughs> But they didn't want me to tell nobody that I was a comic. They were just like, right. just go fuck with people, bust balls or whatever. Right. So I started doing it and it was going okay for like five minutes. And then three or four before like any of the reception starts, like four of these broads and a lot of hot chicks come in in fucking evening gowns. I'm like, what are you doing in the men's room? You know? And they're like, oh, are you that comedian guy? So they like pretty much blew the whole gig <laughs> yeah, before yeah. it was up. <laughs> and I'm like, well, and they're like, yeah, come on, tell jokes. So it's sort of like, you know, when yeah. fucking you tell people you do this shit and they're like, tell me a joke right now. It was yeah. two yeah. hours of that shit. Yeah. And that was fucking like berating, you know, it was just yeah. stupid. Um, yeah. Some, there were it some sounds like hell. Moments. It sounds like fucking it, hell. It was yeah. hell, but it was 250 bucks, so I yeah. was like, all right, I'll take it. I was young at the time. If, and I was, if I was at that gig, I would have taken a shit in that bathroom just on principle because you were in there. Well, you know, I would turn on the fucking water for everybody that would come up right. or whatever to wash their hands. And there were a couple <laughs> older guys that wouldn't wash their fucking uh. hands. And I was like, uh, sir, feel free to be hygienic, you know? And they'd be like, uh... 
And then their buddy be like, "Good, you, you don't wash your hands? And they'd be like, they'd stare at me and give me this fucked up look. I'm like, don't look at me. You're killing everyone. Ridiculous. It was some awkward shit that was funnier than what was supposed to happen. Right. Yeah, yeah man. Whatever you can get that work. I'm telling you, man. Yeah, the yeah. corporate gigs, they, they, they pay enough that you forget about how badly your, your soul hurts sometimes. There's some that I genuinely, genuinely really enjoy. Yeah. Uh, and there's some that are there's some that are tough, but you feel okay about it. Like if you've ever done like a nursing home or a Man. retirement home gig. Yeah. I, did, I did a nursing home, Whew. killed that joint, yo. Yeah. You killed that crowd. Yeah, mm-hmm. me too. The ambulances pulled up on them. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough, man. It's tough because yeah. they're, they're walked yeah. out. Yeah. I did. I did one. Um, who? Who? Um, Richard Bennett mm-hmm. hit me up to do yeah. a nursing home gig, and it was about three something, like three hundred and some change. She was paying me. So like when you give me that type of money, oh, man, yeah, of so I had spread it out because I'm like I'm not about to do forty like an hour. He was like, yeah, just do an hour. I like I'm not about to do an hour in a nursing home by myself. Right. Yeah. So I like okay, you gave me a budget. I'm going to get a couple other people to suffer with me, mm-hmm. you know. And then yeah. I booked it, but like I was hosting, and I was like I don't know if they're hearing what I'm saying right because like, right. oh, this yeah, is killer right. material. I don't know why y'all not right. responded properly. Yeah. It's like, the, yeah. it, like the, but the, 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 uh, the nurses were laughing. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's but, your audience. But yeah. it's six. It's six of them, but it's like 40 wheelchairs there. I'm yeah. like, yeah. I need you, World War II vet, to understand <laughs> what was, was coming out of my mouth right now. And it, was, it was terrible, but I was mm-hmm. like, it, it, it cleared, so I take the check. Do you think when they die, do they reuse the wheelchairs? Like, do they just, like, wash it? Uh-huh. They sen- do they sanitize it first? <laughs> I'm yeah, yeah. I do. I do if they're not owning it. Like, why does a family want to keep it? I guess that's right. Why do they, they want yeah, nostalgia? I don't, think they, yeah, I don't think they fire it into the coffin after they're gone. Yeah, they're <laughs> just them clunk, with their wheelchair. Just clunking on top of the box. People are fucking weird about death, though. Like, my stepdad oh, passed last January, and I remember oh, all so. these people Sorry. sending fruit baskets and plants, and it's like... 50 families I'm like you only got so much fridge space guys yeah. Yeah. why are you gonna fucking send me something Thank if God I know a bunch of comics or water it in the next two hours it's gonna die like, yeah. something yeah. to remind me of what just happened like fuck off you guys ever uh, been to an estate sale yeah no oh. that is like creepy it's weird yeah. uh, buying someone's dead their oh. stuff yeah. they're like clothes <laughs> now, did you have it when the caretaker of the estate was there at the same time uh, no I just did oh, I God. just went when it was just uh they, it was, you know, some of them are like, Yo, you go in the house, it's very formal. Right, right. Supposedly the one I, when it was like, it looked like a yard sale. I didn't even, right. I thought it was a yard sale. Yeah. And then there was like all this nice shit. And oh, I was yeah. just like, well, this is good. And they're like, yes, it's an estate sale. The person just back. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well. So they like remind you you're a piece of shit for mine? <laughs> it's not a piece of shit. I don't think it's a piece of shit. I think it's more of like, is this shit haunted? Like, yeah. am I going to like, oh, yeah. is it going to come back This is the me? shirt that he died in. And yeah. we didn't wash it yet, so that's half off if you want it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had the uh, I had the son, the son of the, the guy who had passed, and was just liquidating his, his, his father's stuff. And every single thing you looked at, he would tell you a story, whether you asked for it or not. Yeah. And it was like it was really like one of the weirder experiences, and I felt like I needed to stay there so this person could vent. Yeah. You know, just kind of get rid of it. Yeah. But I was also like, man, I was like, this rate, man, the other woman cutting ahead of me is going to get to the golf clubs first. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, quit telling me about the watches. I don't care about the watches. <laughs> I was like, that set of King Cobras look good right now. <laughs> like, Cobras, ah, my father was always scared of snakes. I'm like, ah, how much do you want for it? Tell me what you want. He loved to go golf. I, you know how much, like, houses depreciate if someone who lived there got murdered in them right, or whatever, right. and then they don't sell for, like, years because people think the mm-hmm. shit's Well, aren't, by law, you're supposed to say, like, tell the tenants. Yeah, that you, you have, have to tell them. Yeah, yeah. Someone died yep. in here. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. You don't have to tell somebody if it's haunted, though, because that has to be proven by law. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a true story. Yeah, true that makes story. sense. Yeah. 
friend who was, mm -hmm. was a realtor uh, up in like near Fort Garrison in Maryland, and this house is absolutely haunted. Like, yeah, 100%. before before like, no question. Like, I I used to work on haunted history for the History Channel when I did film work before really? this. Yeah, you know, we had some weird stuff, and we went to this place, and they cannot seem to sell it because it's just un unsettling things happen. Like yeah. drawers open, uh, they have a cupboard. Why why they still have like dishes and plates in the cupboard is beyond me because they just fall out yeah. nuts. Totally scary, but you don't have to say it. But I think everybody who's gone to this house to look at it has had something happen, or the deal's fallen through, or something freaky's gone on. Yeah. So, but like, if there's a murder there in Baltimore, it's like, no, nah, it doesn't really change the value. Like, yeah. Oh, cool. Well, good. This house is broken in. I like it. I like it. Did you ever see anything like when you were working? Oh for yeah. It? Oh, all the time. What man. was the, what was the gnarliest thing you saw? Uh, we did a set. This was actually we did it in England. We had a haunted history, uh, England. We did uh, the Bloody Tower, and we were out in Coventry City, which was really really bombed out. Uh, during the war, and there was this this estate. It was like this castle, basically. Uh, it was supposed to be this outpost where you could have soldiers go there, and where this guy lived, this big estate. And uh, there was this story, like uh, before, right before the war happened, he had two daughters uh, who were both uh, at courtship age, and they had suitors that he didn't approve of. And his one daughter allegedly killed herself when Dad said she could marry this guy. Uh, and so occasionally, and she hung herself from the chandelier. And so occasionally, the chandelier would start swinging by itself. And that happened when we were there. And then the oh. other the other daughter, this is where it's really weird, uh, she was going to go against her father's wishes and apparently tried to sneak out to, to elope with this guy. And she fell down the stairs. And so the story was that he threw her potentially or she just fell down the stairs in an accident. And there was like, you could hear the stairs creak and you'd hear like a loud bang at the bottom. Um, and that was the easiest part. The scariest part of that is we're in England too. So we set up and we, we came to the house and put all our stuff in the far left room. And it's just us and the curator of this house, who's kind of turned this into a museum. And um, we got walkie-talkies, and the director of photography is like, "Hey, Jaeger, can you go grab a couple of uh, some some duvetine and and some uh, some C4s, which are C4s, it's a C47s, which are clothespins. Yeah, yeah. he's uh, gotta have a fancy I was name for it. Like yeah. Right. Thought, yeah. yeah. Duvetine. Duvetine is basically it's a black sheet, but you have to have cool names for something. Yeah. You know, that's how you uh, can sound like a professional, right? It's, yeah, it's yeah, a different syntax than somebody else than the right. common person, right? And I'm like, all right, cool. And uh, I go to where we've stocked all of our stuff. So I go all the way downstairs where we've stocked all of our gear. And I go in the room and things are everywhere. All over the floor, mess. There's like a whole bunch of stuff just like where it shouldn't be scattered. And I'm like, hey, uh, I was like, I think we got problems. So I was like, there's, there's stuff like all, all over the place. DP is like, hey, man, just, just grab those, man. We're, you know, want to wrap. Let's wrap this up. And I was like, dude, like, you need to have someone come down here, man. This is freaky. Yeah. And someone comes down here. Uh, someone comes downstairs. The sound guy, Anatol, who's great. And he just freaks. He's like, what? oh, my God. Uh. And yeah. he immediately runs to the outside because he thinks someone's rooted through the stuff and tried to steal things. Mm. And so he looks to see it. And we're, like, in the middle of nowhere. There's, like, right. only one road leading to us. So no one could have been there. And then the weird, creepy caretaker guy was like, he's like, oh, did you guys put your stuff in the, in, in the, in the front drawing room? We're like, well, we don't know what a drawing room is. We're from yeah. America. But, yeah. but what are you talking about? He's like, you know, the room on the far left. We're like, yeah. He goes, like, oh, probably, probably shouldn't have done it. That's, uh, that's, you know, that used to be his office. And I'm oh, like, wow. okay. So, what's a drawing room for the non-British? I have no idea. I still, I never got that answer. Maybe, I was, uh, I was literally drew. cleaning shit out of my underwear uh, after <laughs> that had happened. And I was like, you knew the British like the drawings. He was probably drawing. Yeah, it's probably where he <laughs> drew. They draw yeah. swords or draw trout. Yeah, it was like your plans. I think the, the drawing room comes from where you're you're drawing up your plans, essentially your schedule. So it's essentially your uh, office room yeah. okay. is what I gathered from them. So, fair enough. Yeah. Fair and enough. then uh, Baltimore, we did uh, we did haunted Baltimore, which is great. And we were at the Poe House, 
And one of the stories was that uh, people would get this tap on their shoulder um, and windows would open the opposite way. It is boyhood home, right? Mm. And I'm like, okay, whatever. It's Edgar Allan Poe. This is kind of cliche. This is horror writer. Mm. Like, come on. Like, yeah. really? You know, like, this, uh, but Baltimore needs as much tourism money as they can get, you know? And, uh, and so we're going upstairs. We're wrapping up the shoot. And I'm coming down the steps. I'm carrying a 2K, which is a 2,000 watt light. And I just get this tap on my shoulder. And I was like, initially I was like scared, but I was like, man, that's kind of cool. You know, like Edgar Allan Poe's ghost touched me. Um, and I was like, well, thanks. And I felt like this weird warmth in my body. Came down by like three more steps. I didn't turn around. God, God no. Turned about three more steps. And Anatole, the same sound guy, is just looking at me, just completely pale in the face. He's like, something tapping on the shoulder. We're getting out of here. Getting out of here. Getting out of here. And I was like, that's nah, cool, man. I was like, yeah. Didn't really bother me then. But Speaking of uh, horror, has anybody ever done, that, done an escape room? No, I've not seen that. I've seen those thin ads, but I don't know. There's something uh, I did, I did really one. white about it that pisses me off. I did, I did one with my friends. <laughs> I can't explain it, but go ahead. Uh, and and Laurel, it, uh -huh. was, it, was the, uh, it was the thing with Saw, the Jigsaw. You know, the movie The Saw? The Saw, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so we did that one, and it's like five different rooms, whatever, and you oh, got to, wow. you know, find clues to escape, to go to the next room, to escape, to go to the next room, whatever. And then you have, like, 30 minutes, whatever, to, like, get out the whole like the whole jump and um so you know we're looking for clues and stuff like that but they're dressed up and like it's dark so one dude was walking up with a real chef's knife <laughs> and like they'll do silly shit and you get scared but he's like he'll point and then we'll point like oh that's the clue that we need to get out of here and uh, we almost got to the the last room and um come to find out and I, i'll spoil it because i'm mad that we we got that far <laughs> And we had like five minutes to get the clue. And it, I, I felt like I was in the movie. Even the part where the dude was like, he wants to saw off our legs. That part. Yeah. yeah, that's how I felt because I was like, I got it. The, uh, <laughs> and I finally unlocked it. And it was like, oh, you didn't get the last clue. And then running all the way down. It was like, uh, all these letters that you got throughout all the rooms was the code to get out of the last room. Right, right. But we threw the letters away. We're like, we don't need these. <laughs> so we couldn't go back to the other room. They shut the joint down. Lights go out. <laughs> and you hear all these screams. Ah! Then we got scared. It was all black, so people had to die that day. But um, <laughs> but no, it was, also, it, was, it was really fun. But I, I know, like in Baltimore, they have one. In Laurel, they have one. It's, it's Baltimore, there. Baltimore is actually Escape City. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 the <laughs> longest running escape room. Of, uh, it seems like a mockery of something real or whatever, just as an excuse to drink. Yeah. It's cool if you go with your friends and you do like. You get, do you drink before? Is that like the thing you do? You serve it at the shit, right? Really? Yeah. 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 But you know they give you these rules. You know the rules like uh, don't touch none of the actors. Right. You know yeah. they're not going to touch you. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, but you, but he didn't, there's nothing to rules about personal space. Like he's in my space. Like yeah. you don't crawl, crawl, you don't walk up with somebody with a chef's knife right. <laughs> that mm -hmm. I think looks real. It may not have been real, but it's the fact that he's walking up yeah. on me to point to me to tell me that the clue is in there. Like, you could have just called me on that one. You could have. Yeah. I'll tell you something I bet we'll see if this thing keeps going. Some, like, escape room murder mm. for, like, an actor who's just had enough of his fucking life goes in. Mm. Some dude thinks he's fucking acting and then bam. Yeah. 
<laughs> and that fucked up. And the next group comes in on all the dead bodies. We're like, yeah. guys, this, this room. Like, this is serious, hyper real. Yeah. This is like snow on the bluff. Like, <laughs> like uh, the snow on the bluff. Yeah. What a reference, oh, man. Oh, like wow. like the, the escape room of uh, Nicole Simpson and, uh, <laughs> and OJ Simpson. Ron <laughs> yeah, Ron Goldman. <laughs> like everything's based off the, their actual murder. <laughs> Two people look down, there's a glove. <laughs> look at each other like, nah, this won't help. Uh, <laughs> need something more. Need a clue. <laughs> need a clue. Hey, let's talk that cat. Oh, he's a racist. <laughs> 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 no, no, no. Damn it. That's something. Man. Some, some, in one of the rooms, Johnny is there asking you to try the glove on to get out the room. <laughs> one of the gloves have to fit one of the guys. <laughs> I could totally see that. I feel like there has been some kind of episode maybe from the 80s of like a fun house where there were actual murders mm. and like a crime thing. That that was that, sure. There was that horrible story at, at a carnival where, the, you know, like you were always decorated up, where there actually was a corpse. It was part of the, and they, they nailed the guy who was like the designer for it. Wow. And it literally just jettisoned the body in there. Like it's crazy. No. Got weird. Got weird, guys. Yeah. Got weird. I think um, this this is random. Um, <laughs> this is random. But I always felt like, all right, that a group of comics, like, like we all get together, right? And like do fun. So like there's always been suggestions like, we should do a comedy kickball team. <laughs> or like, yeah. you know, we all get together, do a kickball team or like a fun room, whatever. But... Then I realized at my age, I don't like a lot of comics yeah. to really. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I would hate it. All cooks. We see each other every night. I don't need to see. Yeah, it, it, gets, it gets weird. You know? All cooks, no soup. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 gets, it gets a little it's weird, a you know. And uh, just to draw the conversation back a little bit when it comes to like doing rooms, I, it's not so much that, you know, it's like branding, marketing, and stuff like that. But I think, like, just in this scene that I've seen, it's like a copycat league. So, meaning, like, you do something creative. Yeah. You do something creative and you think you got something cooking and it's working. And then you turn around, you look on Facebook mm. and you see six versions of what you've been right. doing. Remixes. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. It, it's annoying, especially it's real frustrating if you're like someone that's always creating something, trying to do something new yeah. to, to help the scene. And then it's like, oh, that's work. That worked. Yeah. But I'm going to do it, too. And it yeah. just kind of waters it. Sometimes tanks. you got to do that. Put it on Facebook just to timestamp something. In fact, yeah. I remember a, a situation with yeah. you and me, Mike B, where I fucking went online and I posted that if they have fucking um, lactation rooms at the offices now, they got to have like masturbation rooms or some shit like that. I remember you commenting, being like, God damn it, that was my idea. And I was like, too late. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, man. Yeah. And I still haven't done that on stage or anything like that. But. Yeah, because my joke was like, it was like whack-tation rooms. I don't know why I was like, <laughs> whack That's a much better way of writing it, but yeah. yeah. It happens, man. That's that's very difficult, too, especially in, in, in the day that I think we're I think we're leaning more. We have your traditional showcase that's never going away, mm. but I think theme shows are much, much bigger. I mean, it's funny. We're talking, ironically, we're in Draft House, right? Yeah. And you've got a whole bunch of wonderful theme shows that go on here. And that's the one thing that's difficult that I'm very afraid of, and that's why I've always put stuff publicly on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I've got this, you know, women's show. That's not really a concept. That's yeah. just a thing, right? Yeah. Uh, the name, that's a thing, right? Yeah. Uh, comedy Wars that I do. I was like, okay, no one else really is doing that, you know, but I want to make sure that people know that I'm doing that. Yeah, that's um, smart. But it's like, man, I swear to God, there's 15 DC to New York, different groups, and I was like, what is going on? Look at the Rose Battle thing. Oh yeah, yeah. every yeah. city every has a city. different mm-hmm. version of the Rose yeah. Battle now. Yeah, I got Frank Castillo coming to town, who won season two of Comedy Central's right, mm-hmm. uh, Comedy Central's Rose Battle, and we were I talked to him when we were talking on, uh, on the phone, and I was like, yeah, and he's like, you know, it's great, 
He's like, because I guess I'm in kind of a, one of the premier ones. He's very humble, too. I was really yeah. impressed. I used he's to like, dude. He's like, but every other, he's like, and there's so many. It's like, you know, you have Roast Battle New York, you have Roast Battle LA. He's like, and it's people are doing this. Yeah. And it's like, it's not like it's a new concept. And the problem is that you worry about roasts that people see where people don't write. The people that win roasts usually isn't the best comedian. It's the best. It's the best writer. Or the person who took the most time to do it. Absolutely, yeah. When we did the one here, I mean, I was a judge Mm -hmm. by some fucking weird chance. Uh, And I noticed that the people who did the best were the ones who maybe weren't even like the best jokes, but just were the most prepared. Absolutely. really thought it out. Every time. Mike Black, Kasha Patel, both really good writers. They went up against each other. It was the best roast. Yeah. For three rounds. Joe Gilpin and Phil Mike had a hell of a round. Yep. Yeah. I just I already don't like to write now so like to roast you means I care that much about you to write jokes specifically I, just yeah, I don't to be like I'm either not I don't want to be mean or I'm like too mean you know what I mean right. yeah, I, I can never be a roast yeah. it's like do I really want to write 10 minutes of hard-hitting PD Steel material that I have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or I could just write more shit than the thing, because I don't like writing. I mean, I can be a dick like that, and I did take part in that roast battle mm-hmm. in the first round versus Rob Koff. He was pretty good, and then I advanced and went to Mike Black, and he definitely had some shit. And I also think the crowd was a little weird that night, but some guys That was the second hard. one, right? Yeah, that was the second one. Like, I, mm-hmm. that's a hard guy in some ways to roast i mean he seems prototypically like an easy guy being like you know he talks about weird mental illness and wife problems he's like 50 um and all (laughs) that diabetic but alcoholic (laughs) alcoholic (laughs) alcoholic. well he's drinking again but But i don't know he doesn't (laughs) present himself (laughs) in a way Sometimes you get the crowd kind of on your side or don't. So I, right. I saw when I looked at that crowd, I was like, oh, half these motherfuckers don't like me. And I don't yeah. blame them for not liking me because I don't really like them. <laughs> but Mikey, they don't really know. So then they want to see a guy like me get snapped on. And then there's the O factor where they're like, oh, yeah. oh shit, that was real. So I'm not taking anything away from Mike Black, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you, you were pretty fine, <laughs> At one point, you just got angry and you, you looked at me and you just, you're like, you didn't even say a joke. You were like, oh, yeah, well, you're a faggot. <laughs> did I say that? No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. No, no, I did not. Yeah, you did. You just, pictures of your wife. You just got, you, like, you, just, you just got flustered. Oh, yeah, well, you're a faggot. It was hilarious. It made me vote for you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um. This was never taped anywhere, unlike the Steel Real podcast. <laughs> <laughs> disclaimer. Um, yeah, man. You know, like Dude. there's all kinds of avenues to mm. keep this thing going. It's great comedy city and circuit. And um, what are you all kind of involved in right now? You said the comedy wars and old Mike B. When you got another special? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I actually, it's funny. You know, since I hurt my hurt myself. I had time to think. So, total audience, yeah, how did yeah. you hurt yourself? Oh, you I was doing? playing basketball and, um, and I landed wrong and displaced my the ligaments in my ankle, uh, and ligaments, tendons, and I fractured my fibula bone, like right up here. And uh, when I went for the layup, I fell down. My ankle t- turned like this, and when it, I heard the pop, like three black dudes ran down to the other end of the court instead of calling for the ambulance. <laughs> like they, yeah, yeah, they, they heard him out. Yeah, yeah, he hurt himself. Let's, <laughs> let's get out of here. I don't want to be a witness. But uh, so I've been out for like two or three months um, mm-hmm. just doing, uh, from doing comedy. My first show, I did the uh, Kumite, uh, which was like June 17th, and I lost horribly. Um, 
but um, didn't, I've been doing little shows here and there. But I've been planning on working on um, doing another one next year, like around my birthday, around April. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, my second one, but this time it's going to go like the iTunes and like all the other little yeah. streaming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, but not because no one's watching DVDs. That's a big change. You yeah. should do a it's... special on Snapchat. Fifteen seconds. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just switching things. Just a one-liner comic. Yeah. <laughs> Keep changing the filter. But yeah, um, I do want to do another one like next year. Um, it just is. It's really you don't you don't realize how hard it is. To like get into the process, and I, I, I love the process yeah. because it's like you're working towards something. Yeah. Cause a lot of times we do these mics, and we're not. It, I feel like and it, this is me. Like I left my family to do five minutes. Mm. And, yeah, you gotta and give it, a shit. Mm. You yeah, fucking care. But you know, like if you're like, okay, I just left, but I'm working on something. I'm working yeah. towards right. a goal, and I, that that helps me want to be better, be around better people, and run other conferences stuff that's gonna push me. Um, Cause I like before I hurt myself, it has been a blessing in disguise. I was getting drained. I was getting tired. It was like the same yeah. thing. You know, yeah. I'm doing, you know, Mondays, I'm at Shenanigans. Tuesdays, I'm at Attack of the Comics if it's that Tuesday. You know, I have a yeah. gig here and there. And I, I was upset because the ball was starting to roll. You know, I just got booked for the Kumite. Uh, John actually just booked me to do his room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, like the weekend that I, That was whatever happened. Yeah, it was the same week that I was supposed to do his show. I was so mad because John finally booked me. I'm like, oh man, I'm about to <laughs> kill this joint. And then I'm like, oh fuck. <laughs> I was just like, it's the newest excuse. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, displaced ligaments. I was like, this is oddly specific. <laughs> just tell me you don't want to see me. Fine. Start sending John yeah. pictures on Facebook. Like, no, this like, is Yo! <laughs> Terrifying. Yeah, so, but, um, yeah, uh, I don't know where I was going with that. But, yeah, but now it, you, you got to have something to work towards. And I, I think a lot of comics don't really think about, like, the... Goal, yeah. 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 You always should man. go up yeah. intending to get better at one thing. Absolutely. Yeah. When I was around, um, like the, uh, like I hung out with Greg Stevens. That's who was my comedy mentor. Yeah. But like, I was, I, I feel like I was blessed. I was like right in the middle of like the entrepreneur comics and the old school comics. Mm-hmm. Where the old school comics still believed that if they got on Johnny Carson's car- couch, they made it. Mm-hmm. But then you had the other comics that were like, I don't need you to tell me that I'm not good. I just start my own thing mm-hmm. and it'd be right. a more entrepreneur. And um. They always say you go to a mic, you should always work on something. So, you know, I was around Damo, Marcus, Greg, and all them. So, you know, they were like, okay, today all we're going to do is work on crowd work. So they'll do one joke, and then for the next four minutes, just do crowd work, you know. Or, you know, today I'm just going to work on tags. I'm going to just do this one joke and try to tag the hell out of it until I get the light. Or So it's like always working on something while you're on stage. And that's mm-hmm. why when, I, when, when we do Sally's, I always call it a studio. Because you're always working on something. It just so happens that you all are here watching this. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think a lot of comics just go up, they do their set, they record it, and then they go home, or they like, I'm rushing to another mic, versus doing a set, watching somebody else do their set, hang around, listen to their set, critique, have somebody that's there to like critique their set, whatever. It's, it's a lot of, boom, I'm out. I'm out. I did three, four mics in one. I did four mics in one night. But what did you accomplish? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, I agree with that yeah, a lot. And I, I am a person like I have a bad habit of like, you know, like I get compulsive. I'm like, I need to, I need to be on two, three shows a night. Like, um, but sometimes you get lost in it. Like, you're not thinking about your sets. You're too busy yeah. trying to get out you're and make your spots the next exactly. one. You're, yeah. you're not processing what you said or what you're gonna say. Uh, I mean, like you prep earlier in the day, maybe. But I mean, come on, you know, like, yeah. you normally know, writing at shows. Um, but I think it's a good point, you know, it's like really pro- taking the time to process how things went up there, you know? Yeah. Especially if you do, if you do your set, right, and it is bombed. Yeah. And then the person that went after you killed. Right. Then you got an opportunity, if you sat there, like if you didn't leave and you just sat right. there and watched, you're like, 
what did I do that I didn't do? Like, right. like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. yesterday. Instead of running away from it. Yeah, mm-hmm. like yesterday, Andrew Cook went up. He killed. He had a lot of energy. Yeah. I went up. I, I, I ate a box of dicks. And <laughs> that was like my standard. I did three minutes and I got off stage. I was like, this is not right. Yeah, yeah. But then I, I watched who, I, who came after me. But they had energy too. It was me. Okay. So, <laughs> so, but I was thinking to myself, and I was like, what, what is it that I had that I didn't do? And I was like, okay, I didn't have energy. I didn't like I didn't want to be there. Um, I forgot my jokes. Uh, I wanted to do new stuff. So, you know, it was like all these yeah. little things. But if I just was like, oh, man, I ate a dick. I'm out of here. I wouldn't have, you know, seen and was able to critique it, you know. Yeah. So it's just those little things. And there's no, and I don't think there's enough, com- there's uh, veteran comics enough that's like, you should do this, or comics that's going to tell you to do that and they actually listen. Yeah, and a, lot, a lot of new ones aren't listening. Best to advice, advice ever got is to record my sets. Yeah, and not and I'd, you know, sometimes you record like three to five, three to five sets and not listen to one of them. Yeah, but when you sit down and you go back, man, I mean that's that's been the biggest thing for my improvement. It's going back and listening to recorded sets, hands down. Yeah. I just watched the set this morning that I did at Jam and Java. Uh, God, four years ago, three, wow, four years really? ago, yeah. with opening for Dave Coulier from Full House, and I just like look <laughs> at everything. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, I looked, and I looked at like everything that I did then versus yeah. like what I do now. Yeah, and it was like just fascinating for me. It's yeah. like it's weird to watch. I really wish like we one one concept I think would be awesome. It's called like a, is, is and I think we have that with like a theme show is like literally comics looking back at some of their first material, their first like first video set. showcase. You show it yeah. and then and then and then you do a modern. Your modern interpretation, or you're like, you know, a totally new set, and people see how much there is a change. Uh, but yeah, I think that's the difference. The, the, the comics that want to do better, you're you're always trying to learn. You're always trying to pick things yeah, up. Yeah, you're watching, people, um, and you're watching people who are better than you. And I've always thought it's been, uh, and no offense to anybody who does multiple mics, I always thought it's been rude as shit to be the uh, the DC comic with your backpack on, and you do your set, and then you jet before the next one. Yeah. Um, I just thought, I don't know, it's just kind of weird. It's like, maybe it's because I, I run rooms. I'm like, hey, you know, like you should hang out and be part of this, part of this thing. Yeah. You know, but, uh, you know, I recognize. And I think we're so much, we're so trained on getting all the stage time that you can get as opposed to making it quality time that you can use. Yeah. I think that's the mm-hmm. big difference. But that shows, once again, how spoiled we are in D.C. Oh, I, my God, yeah. I went yeah. to L.A. And, <laughs> and, you know, and I just went to Laugh Factory. And I, I went on the night they didn't have the mic. But like they have these rules, mm-hmm. you know, like the open mic is at 1.30, the line starts this way. Yeah. You know, you you may or may not get on. In three minutes, you cut your mic off. Yeah, and so <laughs> like all this, but if you got in and it let you stay in, you're not gonna leave because you don't know who's gonna show up. Right. You right. know what I'm saying? But like here, I, I think it's like, oh, I'm gonna do this and do that, do this, do that. And it's also like a small senior too. You know what I mean? Like we all know each other. Everybody knows Absolutely. everybody. Yeah, yeah. You go to New York, man, I mean, you there you you will meet people who've been doing comedy twenty years in New York and never met each other. That's true. Yeah. But are they doing it nightly for twenty years? Yeah, like 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 established comedians. Spots, yeah. uh, I've never really met that. I know who he is, but I've never met him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Do, do new comics even work on their half fives anymore? <laughs> on their like, half hours? No, 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 not not half. I'm talking about like the hot five. I remember when I first started, yeah. they used to say, hey, man. Get, get your five minutes. Yeah, get your yeah. five yeah. minutes. Yeah. Get, yeah. I think it's yeah. 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 Get your hot five, and after you get your yeah. hot five, your hot five is going to a hot still, I'm still exactly. figuring out hot five. <laughs> <laughs> Three years in, I'm still figuring out hot five. Yeah. Got tons of fives. None of them are hot. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Those are my dating life, too. Yeah. My first um, <laughs> my first set, out of, out of all my jokes, I only do one of that. I, I do one joke that I still do. Since I first started, and I keep it, like I keep add, adding to it, but a lot of stuff is like eh. I had one joke. It was called um, 
when I was in Iraq, and I had a the punchline was a camel was peeing on my head, and uh, I don't know why it was funny then, because I listened back to it. I was like, man, that 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 sucked. <laughs> like now, like I can't make that work. But there's a lot of jokes you do back then that you can actually add to and make better now because you're a better performer and comic. But I mean, I could even just look back at old Facebook things from five years ago, and I'm like, that wasn't fucking funny. Like now, I think it's something. I'm thinking all day, what's gonna be the next funny line or whatever, and then a line comes up, and I'm like, right away, I'm like. That sucks. Why did I just think of that? Right. Yeah, you right. know, whereas back when I'd be like, oh, it's that's wild it. or uh, something. Punch right there, yeah. That's maturity. You learn to fine-tune it. Yeah. You find the wording. Like, what's the extra shit? What's the extra angle for this joke mm-hmm. that's going to make it fucking right. splash the off the page? Right. Yeah. And how do I limit it to so few characters I can get the large font on Facebook? That's right. Yeah. That's the trick. Yeah. That's, that's the trick. That's how you got to yeah. maximize visibility. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, the new thing now is the <laughs> Facebook um, videos and stuff like that. It's not just the status, it's like the Facebook videos. I always try to keep up, but like that's a new thing. It's the like, live things? No, not just the live, but like, you know, people just doing like the little skits, mm-hmm. like on Facebook. Right. And, oh, yeah, and yeah, sharing yeah. them. And um, that's, like the, that's like the new trend. I don't watch those. Only things I watch on Facebook are the fucking live ones I make or the ones of people about to jump off bridges and shit. Like <laughs> <that>. <laughs> share, 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 quality, share. Quality entertainment. Yeah. It's the Instagram portion of Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so uh, what does everybody have going on this uh, coming week or two? Uh, I have a fundraiser show at Smith Public Trust Thursday uh, that I'm going to be on. Where's Smith Public Trust? The H? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And then I have uh, Fail University at Sun Cinema Saturday. Uh, Nice. What are you you presenting? Uh, It's going to be Animals. (laughs) You did did Fail, right? I've never done Fail. You haven't done Fail? Brittany Carney, if you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, former Brittany, teacher. You know, I think I have the most credentials of just about any comic. Yeah. You know, like. and Naomi, who are both yeah. going to be on my Black Squirrel Showcase nice. this month, which is a great show. Uh, That's a show. the show's yeah. getting really good, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I appreciate that. Um, but yes, I expect an invite to Fail University as a show of goodwill for uh, you know me not planning that lineup whatsoever. That was all Mr. Rodney. <laughs> I looked and he told me, he's like, oh yeah, this next one we got like Umar headlining with Naomi, Brittany, Leland Clayton. I'm like, did you pick that fucking lineup or did they? You know, but all right. It, it, it'll be a good time, good time, August, and then uh, I'd like to do that. Um, but yeah, so then we got, I got your joint Tuesday, the hideout. Springfield, 8 o'clock. And then the French FQB, is it? French Quarter Brasserie. French Quarter in Brasserie. Shaw. In Shaw. Heard that show's good. Yeah, that show's cool. tight. Yeah, yeah. I went yeah. last Knock on wood. Knock on wood. We'll see. Yeah, Eddie, Eddie they, told me, he was like, dude, it was a great, it was great show. I felt horrible, by the way. Uh, I did the thing as a host. Well, I'm a terrible host, first of all. Everybody knows that. Uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks. Well, I was waiting. Uh, come on, guys. I thought somebody was like, no, no, no. All right, cool. You're not, you guys are all canceled. Uh, uh, but I, I introduced Eddie. I was like, he's beautiful both times. And I was like, God, why do I do that? And I was like, he's played all these places. He's he, he and Eddie works very hard in a stand up. Yeah. And I'm like, like, oh, good looking dude. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. you guys are not gonna want me again. Here's that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I masturbate to him. Eddie Morrison. Yeah. You know, like, it's just awkward. Uh, I did that. I felt so bad. But Eddie was great. Yeah, it's a cool room, man. Yeah. I really like it. Knock on wood. Uh, they got. $23,000 a month of rent. Whoa. Uh, that's, uh, so knock on wood that they stay around. Yeah. But the, the venue is beautiful. Like, it's a cool stage. It feels like a club. Dude, 
weird. The couches at the oh, tables. Oh, it's great. Are yeah, like that's that place you did a like that just opened up, right? Just opened. It used yeah. to be the the Bijou, the Shaw Bijou, which was yeah. a hundred and sixty dollar a person. That's uh, dope, man. Get a show in their are opening up, man. Plus $65 tasting menu, and then they dropped it down to $100 plus $50 paired menu with, with beer or wine. And they dropped it to 80 and then they lost their lease because no one bought in that concept. So yeah. now it's like a Cajun restaurant, and it's the sister restaurant, the one that, that in Fairfax that I've had uh, shows that too. So, yeah, man. Just to drop by sometime, man. You guys oh, are always sure. welcome. Absolutely. What else you got? So you got Fail. That's what? Is that Saturday? Saturday? That's going to be Saturday. And then the. And then Smiley Frown every week. Yeah. Yes, indeed. It's good. There's an old archive episode with me. What you got? Listen to it. What you got, Mikey? Mikey, what do you got popping? Uh, rehab surgery on August 10th. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> 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 yeah. Super fundraiser. Yeah, I need, I need that. But um, no, um, every Monday. 60 grand. No. <laughs> 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 every Monday, shenanigans um, on um, Adams Morgan. Um, sign up on site as always. Um, show sign up at seven thirty. List ends at eight eight oh five. So you get there between those times. We get, we get you on. Tiger the comics first third first second and third Tuesdays. Um, and I will be at Mikey's thing. It's shenanigans every Monday to do ten minutes. Yeah, because <laughs> I got to build up. Oh yeah, you know I got you every time. One of the things, um, one of the things about shenanigans I, I wanted to do is I've seen a lot of mics around where it's like pre sign up and stuff like that, and um, I didn't want to do that. You know, I think we need more mics yeah. where people could just get up mm-hmm. and you know just do their stuff and yeah. be comfortable. You know, yeah. a lot of times I don't, I don't, I feel like a lot of mics now, everybody's auditioning. I'm auditioning. I don't want to. I don't want to bomb. Like, well, if you don't, you gotta. Well, anyway, you gotta you bomb gotta to get bomb. better. Right. You gotta yeah. do new material <laughs> and not right. care. And even yeah. when you're good, you still bomb. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing. It's like, but yeah. so, you get learned from. As long as you're learning from it. Yeah. The so, biggest problem I think we all have are the comics that, that don't learn from bombing. Yeah. Or just or get the, angry about it oh, rather than oh, processing why. They or the, the the worst is the delusional person who bombs is like, man, they were, they really yeah. liked me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. They were just kind of tight. Yeah. No, they get off, they do that. Thing, like, <laughs> it was like, it's pretty good. It's like, yeah, it's like no, no, no. no. Afraid not, sir. Afraid not. I got a new mic. Me and Brandon got a new mic. Alexander, uh, right? Yeah. Oh no, no, Manassas somewhere. Manassas. Oh cool. Uh, August twenty seventh. I haven't. I, he went to the meeting. I was. I don't know where he went to the meeting and got it. Old time Manassas. Yeah. Oh, that's it. So um, got that coming nice. August twenty seventh. Thanks, man. And then um, working with Dominic and Kareem, the comedy block. We just did our show last Wednesday. Nice. And it was me, Kason, Tommy Sambazo, Greg Stevens, Marcus Brown, Brittany Carney, uh, Jane Tillery. Yeah, that was all of us, and I was hosted. It was a fun night. Um, had seventy plus people in there. So uh, you um, hosted? where was this? Um, Beerbear. Yeah. It's called the Comedy Block. That's a, that's a good lineup, man. Yeah, we do that once a month. I think that's every fourth Wednesday or oh, Thursday of the month. So Beer Baron is not good for weekly shows, but for monthly shows. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It gets yeah. I call it the glory hole of comedy. It like, is. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, Wonderland, yeah. Wonderland, and and like. Beer Baron are like the, the gangbang yeah. of comedy. Yeah. I, don't, I don't even know who to call if I had to like reschedule a room and I wanted to go there. I don't even know who I would ask. Yeah, yeah. It's like one of those maps that has like a legend. It's like trying to read Game of Thrones. Yeah. I'll usually like flip into the back of the legend. Like, no, that's the second Tuesday after the Vernal Equinox. So that yeah. means Broken Diamond is there. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm sorry. It's off peak hours. Uh, the toll roads are open. Uh, so, oh, oh, that's that's when uh, that's when underground comedy is there. Okay, yeah. you know. Like, it's, all, it's, it's like if you want to start a room, just go to one of those two. They'll give you the chance. Yeah. Like um, yeah. start a room, starter kit. Go to Wonderland. Can I get a night? Sure. Here you go. <laughs> start a room, starter kit. Yeah. There you go. But uh, yeah, so I mean, that's what I got right now. That's what I have right now until uh, I start 
getting back out there like I want to. And then just hitting mics. But that's, those are the most stable things I have. And then omightbe.com, still promote my B t shirts on my <laughs> website. Um, I have my podcast, Oh Mike Podcast, um, 5,000 downloads over three years. Uh, so, it's whatever. <laughs> That's what it is. And you can tune in this week to Three Guys On. Pay for me on Mondays. That's now paid Patreon content. Patreon. Or Thursday shit is free. But I talk less because that's the free one. <laughs> and, um, of course, every two weeks here. Benoit, what do you got popping soon? Uh, what I said before. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, I already yeah. forgot it. You're like, you're like my parent, like my parents at the department store. You forgot me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> anybody see? Anybody see my son? Senior moments. Yeah. Hey, so I definitely want to thank all three of you for being here this week. This was a yeah, great fucking yeah. Yeah, like installment of this video reel. Oh yeah. Aaron, give a shout out to him. And hey, Pete, before I close out, so what big draft house comedy thing? People look for in the weeks to come. Tim Miller's show on Thursday. Tim Miller's show this Thursday, yeah. August the 3rd, 8 o'clock, right? Uh, Who's in here? Crowd work show. Mm-hmm. It's really fantastic. I'm going to be not on this one, eight but o'clock. the eight next o'clock. one. So 8 o'clock. Attack of the Comics. Earlier I made a $60,000 reference to Mike B's fucking uh, reconstructive surgery. Oh, so it's 61 now? Okay, so Jason Weems just had a near-death experience, and uh, he's alive, thank God, and he needs uh, money for medical bills, so there's going to be an attack of a comics fundraiser. When is that? It's uh, August 9th. August 9th, so it will be the Wednesday, Wednesday. next Wednesday, August 9th. Um, Who's on that? Haywood and... Uh, Haywood, Jason Weems, Randolph, Andy. Randolph, Andy. That, that sounds terrible. Sounds terrible. Return of Cool Cow Comedy. Return of Cool wow. Cow Comedy. Woo! Ramin Mastafabi, my man. Has he got the couple show coming up? Yep. Oh, man. So, August 16th. So, that's the following Wednesday from that attack of the comics. Is that another 8 p.m.? Uh, 7 o'clock. For 7 o'clock. And what's that, 5 bucks? Uh, $5. We got uh, Thought Leaders with Andrew. Hall and Max Wolfson, Happy Hour Show. Thought Leaders, Happy Hour Show, Andrew Hall, Max Wolfson, what night? Uh, that same one. Same night. New shows. Earlier. So there'll be a bunch of drunk whores floating around um, <laughs> Ramin's joint. So and, uh, come for that. Bring, bring, a date or, bring a date or find a date. No, I'm kidding. Oh, um, Michelle, sometimes. What night? Same night. Three the three shows, yeah. Holy fuck! So what's the order? Happy hour from me mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. Michelle. Black card decline. Oh, black card decline. I did that one. That's pretty good. How did you do on that, by the way? Fantastic. I, I, I match. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, it was like that scene from uh, what's Beam- that old kid and play film? Class act. Ah. Work the body. Work the body. Class act. <laughs> no, yeah. That was on the soundtrack. That was my favorite. One of my For favorite the young movies black teenagers. We're all white, well, so well, everybody fucking black history. That's what it was. <laughs> Love that movie, yo. Yeah, yeah. That was a joint. Um, Doug E. Doug E. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what, what, what else, Pete? Anything coming soon? Uh, we got the all women's comedy show starting August Broadway, right? 30th. Nice. With Frankie French. Nice. Okay. Then uh, August 31st, we got the 
Overachiever Show. August 31st Overachiever yeah. Show. Okay. 1934 that day. That's true. Okay. Hey. Shit. I should. Oh. Yeah. Shit. I feel like I should go get a show. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you get a show. You get a show. You yeah. get a show. Everybody <laughs> fucking. Like, all my friends got shows here. Let me get yeah. one. <laughs> Bastion of DC comedy. Draft House yeah, Comedy Theater. Y'all should come see us. And you can come free on Saturday nights for the open mic, Three Guys On, 10.45 p.m. You'll see all of us. And uh, we're going to be handing it out, baby. You know, that's what we do. So thank you so much for joining us, uh, taking your Sunday when you wouldn't have been doing shit because it's August in D.C. and your nuts are just sitting there sticking to your legs. So... We're glad Hell to yeah. spend some uh, quality time with you. Enjoy your country time lemonade, and we'll see you in the <laughs> couldn't, couldn't have said it any better. Yeah. <laughs> Peace. That's how they do on the news. Dude. So they say it's over with it. Get this motherfucking mic off me. <laughs>